gospel song you said. Grandpa used to sing it. Most of you probably never heard it. I heard one other fella say anything about that brother, Nathaniel Wilson. I heard him mention it. Drinking from the wine, wine, wine. Drinking from the wine. From in the presence of the Lord. You ought to have the Holy Ghost a long time ago. Drinking from the wine. <laughs> How many of you know that song? How many of you heard that song? Very few. <laughs> Hallelujah. But yeah, you ought to have the Holy Ghost a long time ago. Drinking from the wine. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I just want some more of it. That's just like wine, Brother Morden. <laughs> they that tarry long at the cup. Oh, yeah, it talks about it. They don't talk about drinking it in the natural in a good light. <laughs> but it does kind of let you know that the more you drink it, the more you want to drink it. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> and so uh, that's the way the Holy Ghost is. The more you get of it, the more you want. Because the more you know of him, the better he becomes. <laughs> well, hallelujah. And the greater he is in your life. You ought to have the Holy Ghost a long time ago drinking from the wine. Let's sing. Y'all going to sing? I don't know if I'm going to sing anything or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it, tell it, tell it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Pastor Moore stole my mic. Yeah, I... I got a preaching mic and a singing mic. I'm not very good at either one. But I'm special like that. Praise the Lord. I, I guess I'm the only special one here that's got the two mics. I, I You know, that got to sing in one and talk out of the other. Because I don't sing like I talk, I guess. Is that what it is, Brother Buford? Just a little bit. Praise God. Y'all can be seated. Lord bless you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Is this all right, Pastor? It's all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all know I'm long-winded anyway. And uh, <clears throat> my daughter tried to tell me how to, what to tell God today. She says, you know, I can't sit there for two different times. I'm going to try to sit the whole service. But, uh, and I'm glad she made it tonight. But I just... Um, I thought maybe she would. There's something about the transfer of faith. Paul said that gift that is in you by the laying on of our hands. And the funeral was passing by and Jesus said, and the widow woman at Nain, and he said he touched the beer and said, Something about touch. The little lady said, if I can but. Everybody say touch.
I'm not getting on to you. But faith can go beyond. And it was true with the centurion. He says, you don't have to come to my house. It's not fit. But I know authority. And I'm a man with men under me. And I say this one, go, and he goes. And I tell this one to go do this, and he goes and does that. And I say to another, and they do it. He says, all you got to do is say the word that my servant is healed, and he'll be healed right now. Because that's the kind of power you have. Let's sing that song again. He's all I need. He's all I need. You know my Jesus is all I need. He satisfies. Say it. My every need is alive. Yes, Jesus is all I need. Oh, He's all. He's. Just say that. Would you sing it? Say it. Would you believe it right now? Would you say it in faith? He satisfies my every need. He supplies. Yes, Jesus. One more time, say. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, let's love him. Hallelujah. He's awesome. And he's mighty in this house tonight. Praise God. Praise God. I didn't get through writing some things down till very, very late this afternoon. And um, just
just kind of a thought came through my mind and maybe I can convey a little bit of that to you this evening. Uh, it's 6.58, it's not even 7 o'clock. This is very early, I think, uh, but it may not be when we get done. Everybody say amen. amen. Is that all right? But uh, I don't know what scripture I would read. But I think. I think I'll start off with uh, something I might not even have written down. Turn to your, if you got your Bible, would you, if you want to stand, stand. If you don't, uh, stand anyway. The reason I say that, sometimes you know, it's okay, but I wouldn't want us to get into the habit of not being reverent to the Word of God. It said that when Ezra read from the book that they stand, stood from morning to evening while he read from the book of the Word of God that they had found. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something about the Word of God. It's more than a book. Revelation 1 and 16, I think. And this is John on the Isle that is called Patmos. You've heard Brother Odom speak about this, and we've been teaching some out of our Sunday school lessons about this, and it's been mentioned of late a few times. And said, it's, I heard a voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw the seven golden candlesticks. And when he turned, he saw the figure like unto a man, a garment down to his foot, girt about the paps of golden girdle. He had his hair as white as wool, white as the snow. His eyes a flame of fire, and his feet unto brass that burned in the furnace. His voice the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword. A sharp sword with two edges. And one of the other churches, when he's speaking to the church, he says, to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. Could we pray and ask God to just anoint the word of the Lord and his servant to touch my mind and help me help, help each other tonight. How about that? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, for this night, for this time. 
You are the great I am. This is your kingdom, the church of the living God, your church, your saints of the most high God. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've allowed me to speak unto this thy people, this thy so great a people. God, help me to say what you would help me to say. God, help me to do it with the right spirit, with the spirit of love, and the spirit of the unity of faith and of peace and of the love of God. In the name of Jesus, let your faith, O oh God, in us grow this night because of your word as it goes forth unto us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you forever blessing in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands as you're being seated unto the Lord? If he's been good to you, clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Somebody shout with a triumphant voice. Yes, he is the I am. And he is able to do. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God, praise God. And uh, I was going to tell Sister Moore it would be all right. I didn't want her to stay up here. She didn't want to tonight. I mean, I wasn't going to ask her to. But she's done beat me to the punch. I guess the spirit quickened into her that. But uh, if, if I could just uh, just talk about, how many of you know what a, a sword is? How many of you think you know what a sword is? Most all of us, really. Uh, and uh, there are numerous, numerous uh, styles and kinds of swords. And the Bible, the Word of God, doesn't really go into any of that. It just, uh, it, it just mentions uh, and talks about a, a weapon of war. And one of those, just because it's used widely in the world, is called a sword. It's a, uh, not a dagger, but it's longer in length than what... Uh, uh, separates it from the rest of the uh, cutting-edge weapons of warfare uh, is that it's usually fairly long and uh, either curved or straight. They can be a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, they're not so wide. Some are real heavy and some are uh, smaller and uh, come in all shapes and sizes. But it is basically a weapon of war. It is a weapon for, uh, in the human race, for taking lives. It is a weapon of, uh, of offense and a weapon of defense, in a sense. It, uh, but its main purpose is to kill and to maim and to destroy. It can be used with the sharp point of those that are uh, straight uh, to puncture an enemy. Then there's those that are with a curve. They're not so much used, uh, but they're used to slice. But uh, in the Word of God, we find very early in the Scripture a sword being mentioned. And uh, 
we see that uh, that the uh, the writer in the book of Deuteronomy that Moses he talks about that that the Lord he is uh, the excellency or the sword of the Lord is the excellency of Israel and of Jacob that uh, there's something about uh, the sword of the Lord that stands out uh, beyond what is normally thought of uh, in swordom, if I could put it that way. And so uh, I, it, I was praying, and it just, it just the thought, I got I to kind of hold this thing because they can't hear me out there in the netherworld. And... Uh, and so, uh, you know, the, the thought came to me, the, the, the sword of the Lord and, and the sword of God and what it, what it means to us as children of God. Uh, we know the story that, that Jesus, when, uh, when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and before that he went and prayed, he told them to go out and said, do you have a sword? And so they went out and got him a sword. And then, you know, that Peter, he took the sword and cut off uh, Malchus's ear. And God said, he that liveth by the sword will die by the sword. He said, put up thy sword into thy sheath. I didn't come to take life, but I came to give it. And he picked up the ear of the servant of the high priest and stuck it back on his head. Now, they didn't have super glue, and they didn't have gorilla glue. All they had was Almighty God glue. And he made it just like it was the day he was born. He put it back on there. There was no scar. Hey, it was just exactly like it was before the sword hit it. He's a God that restores. He's a God that heals. He's a God that makes alive. He's a God that can do anything. He can make a crooked place straight, and he can make the mountain a hill. He's a God that is not limited by what you think or by what the world thinks. Now, individually, God cares about what you think. But as a whole and the world and those that are outside of you and who you are and outside of your mind, uh, they have no effect upon what God will do for you in your own right. But he that cometh to God is that he. Everybody say he. He that cometh to God must first believe that he is. So an individual, they trump the masses. Nobody would have let that little woman come to Jesus with an issue of blood. They wouldn't even have let her in the crowd. They wouldn't even have let her close to anybody if they had known her condition. But because she said in her heart and in her mind, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know I can be made whole. And so what I want to try to tell us tonight is, is that uh, in the hands of a valiant man and in the hands of, uh, of a skillful man in this world, uh, a sword is a mighty weapon, Brother Brennan. In my hand, it may not be that much. I could swing and hew and whack and, and make a... But I'm no swordsman. I've not been taught in that area. Now, if you have, good.
good. I'm great you have. But I, I have no use for that. Well, Brother Ford, you never know. No, I, I never do. But I know Jesus. And he knows how to use a sword. And, and so, <laughs> uh, it's not very long. And l- let me just, I, I got to get to where I'm going. Because it's, I, I can spend a lot of time and get nothing done. Uh, so, in the word of God, the sword is uh, used by God and for different things. Everybody say amen. Uh, at times, God uses it to deliver his people. At times, he uses it to make a way for them. And at times, he uses it against them. To get their attention. Paul the great apostle talks about. Being subject to. uh, I believe it's in Romans. To magistrates. And and to. uh, The rulers. And people that are, are ruling. He says. And for he beareth not the sword. In vain. And that if you will live for God and live righteously and peaceably with God and with the world, then you won't have any trouble for the most part. But everything will be fine. And so uh, we see we see an instance in the Bible where there's a there's a certain man, and uh he's been called to do a certain deed. And, and God tells him, says, uh, Balaam, I don't want you doing that. And so uh, he takes it upon himself and just uh, wouldn't quite listen. And so God says, uh, if they come and ask, go with them. They didn't come. He just went. I never read where they came back and asked that next time. But he went up, got up in the morning and went with them and said, and God was angry. And it says that on his way, he saddled up his donkey or his, the Bible calls it, and I'm going to read it, his ass. And God came into Balaam in the night and said unto him, he said, if the men come to call thee, rise up. Now I should tell you, and Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. They never came back. Okay, and God's anger was kindled and because he went out. The angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in the path in the vineyards. A wall being on this side and a wall being on that side. 
And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left hand. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled and he smote the ass with the staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the now, you know the prophet's got to be a little bit out there. And it, one place it said, and forbade the madness of the prophet in the New Testament. The dumbass speaking with a man's voice says it just like that. It's in the Word of God. I'm not trying to cuss. I'm just telling you what it says. They don't talk. How many got a donkey that talks? How many got a dog that talks? Well, some of us think they talk, but they don't. Okay, I mean, you got a, a, a chicken that talks or a horse that talks. Not, not, not any of us. And so he's talking back to this dumb beast. She, she's dumb. She can't talk. And uh, he said, Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do this unto thee? She said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me and turned from me these three times. Unless she had turned from me, surely now I had slain thee and saved her alive. God's hand was against Balaam, but God allowed the animal to see the angel of the Lord with a drawn sword in his hand ready to do business for the king. And when the donkey saw what was about to happen, she fell down. She turned aside. And the angel used a word that said, because thy ways are perverse. You've changed what God wanted. You went against what God has asked you to do. And you have perverted the thing that I ask of you. Thinking that it was all right that I gave you the okay to go. Even though they didn't come back and say again. The first time I told you is what I needed for you to do. And I wanted you to do. But you would not hear. And so sometimes God has to take the sword and he has to come to us in our life and he has to bear that sword. And sometimes he allows us to see the enemy or, or the thing that he has brought against us and he allows us to get a 
if you were a premonition or a uh, he gives us a just a little insight into what is about to happen in the spirit world and gives us a heads up and we can bypass the thing that would have taken us out or the thing that would have caused us harm and let us buy because he allows somebody something some way for us to see what is about to happen and so we go a little bit further and we see a guy that is mentioned from his time until the very end of the book. It even mentions him in the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. But we find him after all the trouble he'd been through with the first king of Israel. And what he had seen that God had done. And how that God had anointed him king of Israel while Saul was still king. And, and that God had cut off Saul. And in actuality, God looked at David as his king. Even then. Because he says... I'm not going to hear you, and I'm not going to speak to you by dream or vision. Samuel quit praying for Saul. I've cut him off. And so, King David, after he has went through all the things he had gone through, he finds himself settled as king and he decides to go out and number the children of Israel. Which thing should not have been done? Joab tries to talk him out of it. But, but, but David, he goes ahead and he numbers the children of Israel. And in 1 Chronicles, in the 21st chapter, I believe it is. Yes. Uh, he says that uh, David's... You know, said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. And, uh, but now I beseech thee, do away with the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And the Lord spake unto Gad, David, seer, saying, or the prophet, Go and tell David, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I offer thee three things. Choose one of them that I may do it. And so David said unto Gad, he said, But I'm in a strait. A great strait. Let me fall into the hand of the Lord. For very great are his mercies. But let me not fall into the hand of man. And so David's saying, I, I, I can't choose. But just don't let us fall into the hand of man. Uh, well, I'm just going to place myself. And I'm, I'm going to place the people in the hand of the Lord because his mercies are great. So the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel and there fell of Israel 70,000 men and God sent an angel unto Jerusalem to destroy it. And as he was destroying the Lord beheld and he repented of the evil and said unto the angel that destroyed it is enough. Stay now thine hand. And the angel of the Lord stood by the threshold of Onan the Jebusite. 
And David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord stand between earth and the heaven, having a drawn sword in his hand stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders of Israel who were clothed in sackcloth and ashes, fell upon their faces. And David said unto God, Is it not that I commanded the people to be numbered, even I? It is I that have sinned and done this evil indeed. He said, Evil deed, for these sheep, what have they done? Thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be upon me on my father's house, and not on thy people, that they should be plagued. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say unto David, that David should go up and set up in the threshing for Ornan and offer sacrifices. Now, the thing that kind of got my attention here is, uh, sure, it's the angel of the Lord. And it's the sword of the Lord in the hand of the angel. And 70,000 men were slain because of an indiscretion and because of disobeying and going against the wishes of the Lord. Sure, it was a great slaughter with the sword of the Lord in the hand of the emissary of the Lord. But uh, it... It, it moved David so much, and, it, and, it, and he was so affright that in the last of that chapter, it says, And at that time when David saw that the Lord answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan, then he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, which Moses made in the wilderness, and the altar of the burnt offering were at that season in the high place at Gibeon. So it was still a moving. It moved from Gilgal, and it go to uh, uh, Macbeth, and it would go here, and it go to different places in Israel where they could come together and worship. And people could be in the presence of the tabernacle and the ark of God, if you please. And, uh, and so it was at that season and at that time at Gibeon, at the high place. But David could not go before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid because the sword of the angel of the Lord. I know, I, did I tell y'all not this morning it'd be a little bit different? Oh, there's some a little bit different. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, Pastor Moore, God in his riches of mercy and grace and his, and his, and his forbearance for us and his love for us, his, his deep, deep love for us that surpasses Everything else because we were made for him, by him, in his own likeness and in his own image, just for him, for somebody to to love and to 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 pour himself in and upon and to and to show the mysteries of the world if you please and to tell Adam I can imagine how he sat with Adam before even he made Eve maybe but he would sit with Adam and said Adam would you like to know how I made the stars to shine their light so bright. Would you like to know how the sun, how it shines so bright and how it puts off heat and how things are the way they are? Would you like to know 
why the grass is green and why the water is blue? Would you like to know why a butterfly has multicolors? Would you like to know how I do it, where it comes from? Would you like to understand all the mysteries of all these things? And I can imagine God speaking to Adam and telling him the things that no man will probably ever hear again. Talking about intelligence. The man Adam had to be very intelligent. Because whatever Adam called anything, that was the name of it. But if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves being afraid of the very thing that's our deliverance. And sometimes we're stymied in our walk with God and in our faith. Because the thing that God meant for good, the enemy tries to make us think that it was meant for evil. And he tries to take the thing that God put in your path to stop you from a terrible wreck. For you to think he just made me late. Who knows the angel of the Lord that encampeth around about them? That fear him. Who knows what they're doing when your car hits that thing on the road and the tire is flattened and you got to spend some time with a flat tire and your way has been has been uh, upset and you're not where you would have been but if you'd have stayed on that course that you would have perished in your vehicle just a few miles down the road but God sent his angel to kick something out in the road so that it would hit your tire or that your engine stopped because the sword of the Lord in the hand of the angel went through your hood and touched your motor and caused it to quit and it wouldn't run anymore it could be that that vehicle may have been a and we don't talk about this, but our oldest daughter, Erica, the little car that she had, it had numerous things and people that had written into the Ford company about it stalling and stalling in curves. And incidentally, she wrecked in a curve. And a lady that lives in this community said her car had almost caused her, if I'm remembering right, almost caused her to have an accident a time or two because it stalled or went dead in the middle of driving. It's one of the very first years that this car came out. She loved that car. It was a pretty car. But who knows how many times. I know how many times he's woke me up, Brother Braden. <laughs> I was on that Pascula River Bridge one morning coming home off a graveyard. Back when I worked eight hours and sometimes you work 12. But, you know, I, I remember waking up. And those side wheels, those two side wheels, I'm running and scraping down the side of that banister. That's what woke me up was the sound of that. I remember waking up one morning on 98. And when I come to, I was eyeball to eyeball angling into the pulling tandem of an 18-wheeler. It looked like I had about six inches. And the only thing I knew to do is to say, Jesus! And I snatched the wheel. A little car almost turned over. Three minutes, two minutes down the road before I got into Loosedale. 
And I was out there where the Topo, Togo place used to be, about where the scales are now, somewhere out that way, a little bit toward Lucille. I was falling asleep again. Who knows? And we'll get, we'll get, we'll get beside ourselves and get angry and get uh, uh, kind of, and all the time, God, Job, your babies really didn't. I know you sacrificed for them in case they did, but it didn't say that they did anything wicked or evil. Hello. But they suffered because of a righteous man. So, the sword of the Lord, Pastor Moore, is not against his children. But it is against their enemies. Brother Brennan, his, his snore, his snore. Wow, I guess I'm sleepy. I don't know how I got a snore out of sword, but I did. Somebody must be sleeping and I woke you up then. Who was snoring or almost about to? I'm sorry, ain't Diane. I get off, I get off the road a little bit every once in a while. I get off in the weeds. She laughs at me a lot. <laughs> but some, <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, but it's not against me. The sword of the Lord's not against me. Josh, it's not against me. But when he does those things, it's to get us and wake us up and tell us, hey, 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 hey. Things aren't exactly, there's some perverse things, maybe. Or, or hey, 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 hey. I just need for you to wake up. I just need for you to. I need you to. I need you to. I, I need your ear. I need your eyes. I need you to see what's going on. Hey, 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 angel of the church. I'm for you. Hey, I'm for you. I'm going to write. I'm going to write a letter to the angel, to your angel, to your preacher, to, to your angel. I, I, I'm going to let him know what, what's going on. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it to him. And, hey, you're doing good here and you're doing good there. But there's some things that I got that it's not exactly right. And, and uh, if you know, uh, I, I need you to, to wake up. He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Because I've got a naked sword. And so, to the church of Pergamos, the angel of the church, write these things. And incidentally, it mentions Balaam in that. But I have a few things against thee because thou hast. They are them that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to cast stumbling block in front of children of Israel. To eat things sacrificed in idols and commit fornication. They, they took him Moabitish women. Those beautiful young ladies and pranced them before the young men. 
cause them to sin. I've heard all the arguments. You can wear your sleeves to your down on your hands and your dresses to the floor and still still exude and present yourself in an ungodly way. But they did that thing. He couldn't curse. He couldn't curse them. God wouldn't let him. Every time he opened his mouth, God put a blessing on him. Oh, oh, Balak. Man, that dude was, he was beside himself. He was mad. I ain't been up here for 30 minutes. Can I have 30 more? I don't know if I'll take that. But, <laughs> and so, but I have a little bit against you. He said, now it's also them that have the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. I don't know exactly what that is. I've heard a lot of things, and I'll just let you all come up with what you want it to be. Okay? That's good. As long as it's contrary to the Word of God, it's probably fit. Okay? Just as good as my opinion or anybody else. All right. Now, repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. I love you so much I'm going to send a letter. But I need for you to listen. I'm, I'm trying to get your attention. What I need for you to do is to listen. I've got a, a it could be flaming, glittering, I don't know, sword in my hand. No. May not be in his hand. But I will fight against him with the sword of my mouth. Everybody say amen. Is this all right? And so... When we go back to the initial scripture I read earlier. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Revelations 19 and 15, if y'all want to look at that. 19 and 15 says it like this. I'm talking about a sword. I'm talking about the sword of the Lord. What it can do, what it will do. The power thereof. And out of his mouth... And uh, let's go to one verse. And he was clothed with, or two verses, vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. 
Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. No wonder he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. He's treading the wine press of the wrath of the fierceness of Almighty God. 19 and 21 says it like this. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So, everywhere we look in the Word of God, it talks about the sword of the Lord. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. You sing the song now. And uh, he is the sword of the excellency of what? And so, that means that the sword of the Lord is for his people to fight their battles. There were times the children of Israel were facing enemies that they would, they would rise up in the morning. Sometimes he would cause their enemy to turn their swords on each other. And they would beat each other down and kill each other with their swords. Sometimes they woke up and they were all dead men because the angel of the Lord came down in the camp at night and, and would slay hundreds of thousands of the enemy while they slept. And Gideon, who was, who was really kind of fearful, but when he went to the tent and he saw that, he said, this is nothing but the sword of Gideon. And so, what God has, He gives to me. What He has, He wants me to have. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the very kingdom. And so we find, our, we find ourselves here. We find ourselves here. Finally, my brethren. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say put on the whole armor of God. And the reason is that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. After you've done all you can do, he said, just stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation. Are you ready for this? And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <laughs> Out of that whole armor, there's one offensive weapon. That's the more defensive weapon, a covering. Put on a helmet of salvation, but don't you leave the sword of the Spirit because it's the Word of God. I heard him tell you what I've told my daughter. It's the thing I've started practicing in the last few years. I tell the things that come against me. I speak against them with the sword of the Lord. I fight them with the sword of the Spirit. I say it with my mouth. I speak the word of the Lord. He said, if thou hast faith as a grain of a mustard seed, thou shalt say unto this mountain, be thou removed into yonder sea, and it shall obey you. Speak to the mountain. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. It's the weapon, the only offensive weapon He's given you. It's a weapon of offense. It's a weapon of defense. With it, you can, you can block the blow of the enemy, but with it, you can also take off his head. And I'm telling you, the Word of God, it is quick, and it is powerful, and it is sharper than in a two-edged sword. Listen to me, somebody. The Word of God is quick, and it is powerful. Powerful. And it is sharper. Everybody say it's sharper. It's sharper than in a two-edged sword. 
And so I have in my arsenal, Brother Moore, the sword of the Lord. I got the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. Hey, that's why he told them, you better tell your babies, Israel, when you walk beside them in the way, every morning when you get up, you tell them, hey, Jared, you got to tell them babies, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord Jehovah, he is one Jehovah, and thou shalt love him with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy might, and with all of thy strength. Don't leave anything out, but you got to love him most of all, first of all. And when thou walkest beside them in the way, tell them again. And in the evening when you lay down, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And y'all shall love him. Everybody say, I'm going to love him. Everybody say, I'm going to love him. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. you got to get it planted down in your inner being. It's got to become a part of you. It's got to become who and what you are. It's got to become the thing that drives you every day. Because in this present world, In this present world, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. And so, Hebrews and Ephesians. God throws that in there. And in the revelation, he said, church, look at, look at, look at what, look at, look at what. And a sharp two-edged sword. And with the sword of his mouth, he destroyed the nations. Speak the word. All you got to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. Truth, Lord. But if you and the enemy come, he says, all you got to do is say bread, be turned into stone. And the enemy knows that God's got the power to do anything. But Jesus wasn't fallen for none of his tricks. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but he shall live by every word. Everybody say every word. You better get every Every word hid in your heart. You better get every word hid in your mind. You're going to find an enemy right down the road. He's not going to be playing fair. But he's going to trip you up. He's going to make you slip and slide. And when God comes with his sword. To try to get you to see. If you're not careful. You'll be hurt. About the very thing that come to save you. And you'll be afraid. To go to the house of the Lord. Now looky here. There's a lot of things going on in our world today. That, uh, that we're probably not aware of. There's a lot of things that have happened. That are not exactly the way. That we thought they were. Unless I have seen it. And have. With my own eyes. I know. What I see on the outward. But I have no idea what in the spirit realm. Caused it to happen. I just know. 
what I see and the effects thereof. And unless God lets me look behind the veil of those things, I have no idea, Brother Burnham, what caused them. Because there's a big spirit world out there that's vying for the soul of every man. They're playing spiritual roulette for your soul. It's seven card stud, five card stud, whatever it may be for your soul. And that enemy's playing for keeps, Brother Jay. And the last thing he wants is for what took his place to succeed and to make heaven and to take his place where he was at one time. He hates you. He hates you with a hatred that is not even... You can't even understand it. But the enemy says, I don't want them that he created to take my place, to do good and to excel and to make it. But I'm going to do whatever he knoweth he had but a short time. And he has come down with great power to deceive them that are upon the earth. Put all that stuff on us. But your feet are shot with the preparation of the gospel of what? Of peace. If you'll walk in the word all the time. Brother Braden, the sword of the spirit will be there to fight your battle. Just put on the whole arm. Put on the whole arm. So let's finish up. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, Brother Moore, there's, there's things you say sometimes. You have no idea what you're saying as far as exactly in the spirit world what God intends or what God is doing with it. Sometimes you say things that didn't even, that you hadn't thought to say, but all of a sudden you just feel it and you say it and you speak it because God puts it on your tongue and you speak it. And all the time, Dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and of the joints and the marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Stand. I'm done. For the weapons of our warfare are what? Are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God's given you a sword. Use it. Speak to the thing that is bothering you. 
Because the thing that tries to torment your mind, oh, oh, I'm gonna, this is going to get me and it's going to drag me down. Well, it probably will. For thou art snared, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Don't speak the things into existence that you don't want to happen. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to stop myself and say, whew, man, this old age, it's, it's working on me. I can't even put my shoes on on. I can't even get to my feet. You ought to see me put my boots on at work because I don't wear them back home, right? Them still toe boots. I put them on when I get down there. Hey, Brother Moore. I ain't going to buy them. Well, needless to say, I ain't. But anyhow, I ain't going to buy no more of them if I was to work another 15, 25 years. I said, I, I, I said one time in my mind I'd never buy another pair of Wolverines. Well, I did. Guess what? I should have listened to what I said. <laughs> and not let that fella tell, oh, everybody's buying it. It's such a good book. Yeah, you can get it. Right now, I can hardly get them on. But they're a lot harder to get off. And they're way too big. I had to get them real big. And so, speak the truth. Speak the word of God. It's a weapon. It's the sword of the Lord in the hand of a righteous man. God give you your weapons. God give you the armor. Use them. Stand firm. Stand fast. Believe God. Have confidence that what he promised, he also will perform. That which you have committed unto him against that day, he will keep it. And what was it that he said to Balaam? He said, God is not a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent. I'm God. I made everything. Everything is made by my wisdom and understanding. And all things by me consist. It's held together. The universe and, and all that in it is today works by the wisdom and the power of the word of God. And he's given you that word and put it in your heart. For the word of God is. Let the word of God, Paul said it. Well, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all things. David said, I hid my word in, thy, in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Read the 119th chapter of Psalms sometime. It talks about the commandment, the statutes. And the word of the Lord from the very first to the very end. Thy law is my delight. I have more wisdom than my angels because I love thy law. Because I love thy precepts. I have more wisdom than my teachers. Because I love thy law. Because I love thy and held thy precepts. Because I am your child. Come on, wake up. Wake up. The sword of the Lord has said, hey, it's time to hear ye the word of the Lord. Wake up. You've got power over the angels. You've got power over every spirit in this world through the Holy Ghost. Because we are the heirs and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Sons of God. In this present world. Y'all want to sing a song, Sister Moore?
Come sing a song. Help them out a little bit. I hope that wasn't too heavy. I hope I made sense. Uh, I'm not always sure. Because uh, Brother Buford used to say this, you know, and I, <laughs> cause, and I think about it a lot when I'm up here looking at you because you're looking at me. Uh, but he said, looking at me like a calf looking at the new gate. Sometimes I say some stuff that kind of, I know, it's look at me a little bit sideways. And, uh, but, you know, just give me, just give me a little room to be genuine. And it's all right if your perception was wrong. And your theology was a little bit off, maybe. Not saying that mine might be a little bit skewed. But I, I made a promise to God. Regardless of what I think, I'm going to try to be true to your word no matter what. Because it doesn't need my help. It really does stand alone. Thou shalt not add to or take away of all that is written in the books. From the first to the last. You can't make God bigger than he is. And you certainly can't make him any smaller than he is. Now he may diminish in the eyes of man. But he himself. He never changes. Brother Parker you say you can't. You can't roll him up in the mud hole. You can't mud him up. You can't dirt him up. You can't stick holes in him. Can't poke him with a knife. You can't. Can't do any of that stuff. He's God. Only thing you can do is hurt them. And I told Pastor Moore this morning. He's talking about. You know how preachers are. We talk about preaching, about saying stuff to people, because that's what preachers do. We say stuff to people. And. Uh, and he wrote and he told Timothy, he says, and Titus says, and those things, you know, you keep and remember and that you've heard. He said, but study to show thyself approved. He said, and when you preach, thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. When we're preaching, we're first preaching to ourselves. It's got to be good enough for me. Brother Max Wayne, if it's not good enough for me, it's not good enough for you. And if it's too good for you, it's too good for me. But I just want to let you know that God's given you the power, all the power you need to face every battle in the end. To face everything that comes your way and win. For if God be for us, who can be against us? And I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. 
I am a winner. I am, I have been, and I will be victorious in this present world. I refuse to bow to the powers of this present darkness. But I'm going to walk in the light because he is the light. Well, hallelujah. I'd like to say this before I quit. Thank you, Pastor Moore, for allowing me this opportunity. I love my preacher. I tell him just how I feel. I don't call him all the time on the phone. I don't bother him with stuff. You're enough to bother me. You don't need me bothering you. But this one thing I do know. I don't have to worry about where he stands if I call him. Tell you like I told another guy one time. If you can't hear what your pastor's saying to you, you're going to die and go to hell. You're going to be lost. Later to see it when you think you can rule from the pew, you're going to die lost and go to hell. He was telling you to repent. Here's the way I look at it. This is Brother Ford, okay? I've been knowing him most of since we were boys. And uh, none of that stuff has any bearing on anything. All I know is, as the Word of God says, I have an order. And I place men where I would. And obey them that have the rule over you, that watch over you, for they must give an account for that day. I understand headship. Read the chapter about the hair. That's what it's all about. Can you be submissive? Can you learn your place? And I, and I went, I told him, I says, you know, when I come in kind of late sometimes, I said, unless you tell me I can come to that platform because I'm late, I'll stay in the back until you tell me it's okay to come. But before, I heard a preacher, he, he went so far to say that he told me to get down and to Crawl on my knees and bark like a dog and get in, get down there. He said, and I did it. I got down and he said, and the fellow that was on the platform says, I wouldn't have done that for nothing. 
wasn't long he wasn't there no more. Wasn't long he really didn't know where he was at, not even in church. God has always had an order, church. And what Pastor Moore has been teaching us, I read some of it today. You can't hardly read in the New Testament and Paul's writing that you don't see some about the church being framed together, the body being one. For by one spirit are you called, are you all baptized into one? Oh, God, help us. There can't be no isms and schisms. We got to love, as Peter said, out of a pure heart fervently. And the church he left here is the church he's coming back after. Just what he left with that power and authority that he gave that first church when he comes back. Joel saw it. It was a beautiful tree again. Eaten to a stump. But Joel's seen it. With the leaves and the fruit everywhere. Hallelujah. How many want to make heaven? How many are thankful for the word of God? It's in your arsenal. Use it. I said, it's in your arsenal. Use it. God gave it to you. And he gives you the authority to use it. Stand on the word. What you got? Let's sing. Okay. Who sings that? Do I? You probably can't, man. Can you? Can you sing you thought I was worth saving. So you. What is what's the words? I'm going to have to have the words. I can't remember. It's been so long. I don't, I don't even know. I didn't listen to it. Let's do it again. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was a die for. So you sacrificed your life so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life, you thought I was worth keeping. So you cleaned me up inside, you thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life. So I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know. Hallelujah. To the God who changed my life. For 
so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everything. Everybody say, you thought I was worth saving, so you came to change my life. You thought I was worth keeping, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for, so you sacrificed your life. So I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell. Come on, everybody say, you thought, you thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. You cleaned me up, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was to die for. So you sacrificed your life. So I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could be everyone I know. Hallelujah. Say glory to the God, to the God who changed my life. I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could be unto the Lord in this house tonight. Amen. Thank you for the word of God. Hallelujah. We're begotten by the word. How many of you believe you're a keeper? How many of you believe he thought you was worth saving? Hey, I want to tell everybody else. Amen. He cleaned me up on the inside so I could tell everybody else how awesome he really is and how great he really is. If he could change me and do something for me, he can do it for you. God bless you tonight. You may be seated. Oh, the word of God tonight, the presence of the Lord. And oh, if we can just leave this house with assurance of knowing he thought I was worth saving. He gave his life. He, he, he gave his life that I could have life. Hey, I would have walked in that abundance of life. How about you tonight? God bless you. Thank you, Brother Ford. Thank you, church. Thank all that are here. Amen. God bless you for coming. Being in this service with us tonight to love and worship the Lord in the presence of God that we failed in this house. Amen. Before we let you go tonight, got any birthdays? I know we don't for this month, but have we missed any? 
missed anybody's birthday. Anniversaries, I don't think so. But just by chance, I want to make sure. All right, don't let me forget. I wanted to... I meant to announce it this morning. Next Sunday, we're just going to have the Sunday morning service, Mother's Day. And uh, we're just going to have Sunday morning service on Mother's Day. Uh, I have found and just realized Easter Sunday, Mother's Day, and Father's Day, it's just, it just goes a lot better to have the one service. It gives you the uh, uh, time you need to spend amen, with family, and you can enjoy that. You don't come back in here, and it's just... Uh, and I'm just telling it like it is. <laughs> Amen. You're so faithful in all the other times, and I appreciate that so much. So this coming Sunday, we'll have just the Sunday morning service. And, and Brother Kerry Sanford's going to be with us. Amen. We'll be here just for that Sunday morning, okay? All right. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Yes, it's good to have you with us tonight. God bless you for being here. It's good to see all the saints of God. Each one of you will love you. Appreciate you. Let's pray for one another. Let's lift up one another. Let's believe in God like never before. God's working. Let's let him work. God bless you tonight.